Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. Hello and welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. I'm your temporary host, Kevin Krupe, the real space earthbender himself, along with, uh, you know, the real deal, Russell Hartman over here. How are you doing, Russell? What's up, man? It's good to be back. It's good to be back on Forever Blue Shirts Radio. I had some stuff I had to take care of last week. Life gets in the way sometimes. You guys know how it is. So we've had a lot of news in Rangerstown recently with the Traverse City Tournament in full swing. We're also having some big NHL news that just dropped today. And uh, we're also going to preview the 2018-19 Retropolitan Division, and we are going to discuss who will get the most ping-pong balls in the race for Jack Hughes or Capo Caco, as well as who will be taking the division crown. So let's get started with the Traverse City Tournament. The Rangers have gone one and two over the course of their three games at the Traverse City Tournament, with their last game being tomorrow, or today, when you guys will be listening to it. They lost to the Dallas Stars in Game 1, 7-5. They beat the Minnesota Wild in Game 2, 4-2, and were shut out by the Detroit Red Wings by a score of 5-0 in the third game. So the storylines we're going to focus on here with the Traverse City Tournament are the three prospects that have stood out the most so far, whether that be on the scoreboard, or proving they belong, or just showing that they can make interesting camp battles. Uh, I'll start. Kevin will give his second, and I'll give the third. Uh, I got to give some props first to my boy, Brett Howden. Uh, you know, Brett Howden is a very intriguing prospect. He is six foot three, 200 pounds, creative center, not afraid to dig into the corners, not afraid to use his size. Uh, for those that remember, he was acquired from Tampa Bay in the Ryan McDonough trade. He played for Moose Jaw last year in the WHL. He has looked very good in the Traverse City Tournament so far. He scored a, scored a few goals, had a few points, and uh, looks like he might make some camp battles really interesting when camp opens, uh, what, this week, Kevin, right? Yeah, I think about this week because the first preseason game is next week. Yeah, so look for Brett Howden to really make uh, new coach David Quinn to make some tough decisions because he seems he's brought his fire and his A game to Traverse City. I love to see what he's going to do to force the Rangers to put him on their opening night roster. Imagine that, three rookie centers playing on the opening night roster. Well, that's, that's what a rebuild is. you got to get these guys some time, and you got to get these guys some, you know, experience, some NHL experience playing against veterans, some older, more experienced guys, and, you know, you got to get their feet wet somehow. Yeah, and, I mean, I wouldn't be totally opposed to have Hedl Anderson Howden as our 2-3-4 down the middle. I don't know if that's best for development for him to be on the fourth line, but, you know, it all depends on how David Quinn wants to deploy his four lines this year. You also got to think about it. Around – you know, when rebuilds happen, a lot of random trades also happen. We might see some veterans, some other guys go. You know, we still don't know the deal with Matt Zuccarelli. He's on his last year of the contract. Kevin Hayes is on one you do. A lot of these yeah. guys, you know, they might not have secure jobs depending on yeah. how well these prospects play. And especially one of the prospects that I've been looking at is Ty Ronning. 
for last year, oh my God, can we can we talk about his last season with the Vancouver Giants? How many goals? He 61. had 61 for 84 points mm-hmm. in 70 games. Granted, this WHL, but still, those are some good numbers. And he's been getting a lot of comparisons to Matt Zuccarello with 5'9", the exact opposite of Brett Howden, but they've been on the same line the whole entire Traverse City so far. We don't know what the, the, the Lions are going to be tomorrow, but... Hey, look for these guys. This could be a future future pairing eventually. Maybe maybe throwing a little bit of Chris Kreider on the other side to complete the size. But you know, Ty Ronning has the hands. He has a shot, and he's not afraid. Even though he's small, just like Zagrill, he's not afraid to get a little dirty every once in a while. You know, you don't score sixty-one goals on accident. I think Ty Ronning has a nice nose for the net. Yeah, he's small, but the guy, you know, he's just he competes, and he's got such tenacity. And I think he has shown in the Traverse City tournament that he's going to compete and he's going to make it hard for uh, the Rangers to cut him once the camp battles start. And finally, the third guy that deserves to be spotlighted is a guy who's been on the top pair for the entire Traverse City tournament, and that's Libor Hayek. Now, Libor Hayek was the second big piece acquired from the Tampa Bay Lightning in the deal for Ryan McDonough. And Libor Hayek has done nothing but exude confidence and show that he can handle the workload that will hopefully be given to him this year. He said... At the um, prospect showcase uh, that the Rangers have, all teams have after the draft, that he was fully focused on making the roster this year. And I think this kid could easily be on the second pair this year. He's got all the tools. He's six foot two. He's 210 pounds. He skates like the wind. Smooth skater. Ken Campbell from the Hockey News, I'll say this every time because he's someone that really understands the game, said that Libor Hayek was the best defenseman not named Rasmus Dahlin at the World Junior Championship last year. Someone like that on a rebuilding team deserves every possible chance to make it. Left-handed shot, he's playing on the left side, and two games on the right side in the Traverse City Tournament. It's up to David Quinn what he sees, where he wants to deploy him, and, uh, you know, honestly, go from there. One last guy, you know, that should be highlighted because of how he's been playing recently is Joey Keane. I've been hearing nothing but positives about Joey Keane from people on Twitter, people I've been watching him play. So look for Joey Keane, maybe not this year because of how how many, how little spots there are, yeah. I meant to say, on our blue line. But look for him to make a push next year. Well, just to go off your Lieber Hayek really quick, Russ, the, the, the bottom three I really feel like are a little up in the air. You know, oh, I, th- yeah. I think, I think this year especially we're going to see a lot of call-ups. We're going to see a lot of guys either being scratched. You know, it's, David Quinn's got to look at these guys, and he's got to give every opportunity every single person, even Brendan Smith. I'll keep saying this. I, 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 you guys aren't big Brendan Smith fans, but I really feel like he's going to have a good push. He just has to get in shape. He has to get in shape, and he has to, he, I think last year is going to be a wake-up call for him. Hey, worst comes to worst, you just waste four years mm-hmm. on a contract, and they have the cap space to do yeah. it. So uh, just a little bit of news in the NHL world today. Earlier today, I think about noon, it was announced that Max Pacioretty gets traded to the Golden Knights of Vegas. Yeah, it actually happened overnight. Overnight, but yeah. announced it was announced early earlier today. In the morning, yeah, but it's it's definitely something that um, needed to uh, happen a while ago. I'm glad it got done. Uh, Max Pacioretty, you know, it seems like there's so much chaos in that Montreal organization. Guys getting disrespected. Guys not getting the right amount of time they deserve on the ice. Guys wondering what's going on. You know, Galchenyuk and Pacioretty and just. P.K. Subban, just, it seems Mark Bergevin makes mistake after mistake after mistake, but I will give Mark Bergevin this. He did a really good job on this trade. Everyone knew he had to trade Max Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty was not happy where he was, and everyone knew it was coming, similar to how Eric Carlson hopefully will drop any day now. But in return, the Canadians got Tomas Tatar, Nick Suzuki, 
and a second-round pick in the 2019 entry draft from the Golden Knights. Now, let's break it down. Tomas Tatar can put up 20 to 25 goals in a good year, around 40 to 50 points. Hopefully the, the, um, the Canadians can get that out of him. Nick Suzuki has the potential to be a number one center, although he's on the small side. Someone with that potential and just a, a good center prospect is something the Canadians need because they are thin as ever in the center ice position. Jesper Kakaniemi is probably not going to play this year, but it's good to know that him and Nick Suzuki are on the horizon for the Montreal Canadiens down the line. Second round pick in 2019, deep draft once again. It's just good to have picks and stockpile them so you could do whatever you want with them. So, I mean, good trade for Mark Bergevin, and ultimately, I think George McPhee, with all he gave up with Tatar at the deadline, and now you include him in a package to get someone else. With another second-round pick, you add. And one of their top prospects. I don't know, man. I think that the Golden Knights might be overestimating how good they were. I think and... the one of the problems is, you know, obviously with an expansion team, and you kind of saw this a little with the Avalanche with the, how bad of a season they had last year. Mm-hmm. People sleep on these teams. Yeah. Because, you know, they broke so many records last year coming in. No, they didn't even – like, was there ever an expansion team that even made the playoffs? No, I don't think so. Maybe maybe one I'm, – I'm, I'm really not sure. But the fact that they even made it – They shattered the a lot of records. Yeah. Final yeah. just shows that everybody was sleeping on them. But now no one's going to make that mistake. And I, I bring up the Avalanche – because of how bad they were the year before, surprise everybody made it to the playoffs just based off of that surprise factor. So you got to look at it this this way. You're really Georgia Fee is really getting Max Pacioretty for four draft picks. He gave up three draft picks to get Tatar, and then one extra draft pick to get Pacioretty. You know, a lot of people are saying that this might push Vegas over the edge this year. But hey, you got You got to look at I how this guy. A lot. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot. lot to give up. It's a lot to give up. Twenty nine. He's going to turn 30 during the season. Can he, this really replace James Neal, though? Can he really? I think, I think he's a better player. He, he's a better ever. player overall, but can he score just as well? We don't know. We don't know how so the, I, the chemistry is. He's most likely going to be paired with Paul Statsny on, mm-hmm. on Vegas' second line. Uh, you know, I think they'll make a good pairing there, uh, along with whoever else has decided to put on that trio, probably Alex Tuck. So look for Max Pacioretty to have a big impact for the Vegas Golden Knights this year. I think they made a really good trade. It's very, uh, I mean, to say on the Canadian side, I think it's a little suspect from the Vegas Golden Knights, but if Pacioretty scores 30, 35, 40, it's worth it. then it's absolutely worth, worth it. it for a team that seems like they are a true cup contender. Did you mention his extension? Oh, yes. He Four was, years, 25? 28 28 million. Seven million. A year. Yeah. So that's some good money for a winger that put up getting goals. out of Canada. I don't the know what the exchange rate, rate is. but Still, that's good. That's the going rate for... Players like him now, good for them for locking them up. It's a good and good luck mark. to Max Pacioretty. And, you know, honestly, the Canadians get some worthwhile prospects that are pipeline with Nick Suzuki and, uh, you know, more picks for next year. And now we move on to yes. the Metropolitan Division, which, along with the Central, is always argued which is the tougher one to get out of. Now, I'd like to issue a bit of an editor's note here. Last week on the podcast, uh, Zach and John Luke discussed the Carolina Hurricanes by mistake. It's okay. Mistakes happen. Uh, but to listen to what they had to say about the Carolina Hurricanes, <laughs> just tune into our past episode. Uh, so we'll be talking about the Blue Jackets, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Penguins, and Washington Capitals. So starting with the Columbus Blue Jackets, we're going to do things a little differently than we have been. Uh, we're going to discuss some major storylines with each team. We're just going to move on from there. Well, it doesn't get any bigger than the two unrestricted free agents that could happen in uh July 1st, 2019, does it? Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky are both on the last year of their deals. Artemi Panarin has told the Columbus Blue Jackets they will not talk contract during the season. Bobrovsky has not made it clear 
But it's clear to everyone in the league that if Artemi Panarin does not sign by that date that he is set, the Columbus Blue Jackets should probably trade him to avoid a John Tavares-like situation. Bobrovsky, maybe they can take some more time. But, Kevin, what do you think, man? I think Panarin, this Panarin thing needs to come to a head soon because you can't go into – I feel like you can't go into the season with this guy like this. This is a make-or-break – this is going to be a make-or-break moment for the Blue Jackets for a few reasons. Look, if they don't cash in on both of these players, especially in the tough division that they have now – they're going to not be good again. They're going to be irrelevant just as they were years ago. You know, they're starting to make waves, but now, you know, the contract talks have, you know, kind of silenced everything right now. And now everything's up in the air and you're not getting a lot of signings because you don't know how much cap room you're going to have for both of these, you know, potential free agents. So if I were the Columbus Blue Jackets, I would do one of two things. I will, one, re-sign Bobrovsky. Vesna winning goaltender still has it. Two, trade Panarin the best package that you can get and that might not even be at the trade deadline we see guys go in november december for really big deals because you just don't want to re-sign this guy and i i don't blame him you have a all-star goaltender that you have to spend a lot of money on either this off season or during the season and if panarin doesn't want to stay there why would he want to talk contract extensions at all so you sell high with him especially how how tough this division is going to be with the capitals and the penguins and even the Devils, surprisingly, you know, it, it's going to be tough to really have an idea of, like, they're going to compete this year because they didn't make the playoffs. So why should they compete? They didn't make any crazy signings. They got Riley Nash to a three-year contract. Big whoop. They didn't really do anything. So I see the Columbus Blue Jackets trading high on Panarin, probably not to the Rangers because they're not going to be a contender. Um I see him going outside of the division, maybe West Coast, and he's going to come back. And if Panarin really wants to join the Rangers, he can do so in unrestricted free That's his choice. Well, that's and his choice. The yeah. Rangers have enough cap space to fill that void. Exactly. Uh, the next team we're going to focus on here, I mean, going back to the Blue Jackets for a second, actually. I think the Blue Jackets are going to have another good year, even if they trade our time Panarin. They still have some good pieces there, like Josh Anderson, Bloom Jenner, Bloom Jenner uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and that defense led by Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski is really good, so... Uh, I don't know if they're going to win the division, but they're going to, you know, they're going to make a nice run, uh, you know, if they decide to or not. Uh, Moving on to the New New Jersey Jersey Devils. Devils. As much as it pains me to say, they had the best player in the league last year in Taylor Hall. Um, He's the MVP, Hart Trophy winner. What can you say about this guy except he blew the house down? And, you know, they played the first round of the playoffs, right? Or did they not make they it? They did. They did. Tampa and they, Bay Lightning. Well, what are you going to do with, yeah. with the Tampa Bay Lightning yeah. when you have Nikita Kucherov, you know, trying to slap down Corey Schneider every chance he gets? Speaking of which, they got a great goal in Corey Schneider. They got Nico Heischer coming into his sophomore season, who's just looked great. That's why they picked him over uh, Nolan, Nolan Patrick. Patrick. So they're, they're, they saw greatness in this kid. And, you know, he has delivered. Taylor Hall has just been unbelievable. Will Butcher. Will Butcher. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. looking. They have a they have a young core. They just have to they can keep going with of. their rebuild. I think they had a year similar to – they just had a really good year, and they can't let that deter them from the rebuild and start chasing free agents. Let the rebuild continue. Keep building picks. Keep letting your homegrown talent, you know, keep growing. And, you know, see what you have. I say maybe one to two years, then you start going after the free agents. Maybe even if they have a big jump this year. Uh, I want to highlight also who their first-round pick was this year, Ty Smith from the Spokane Chiefs of the WHL, who is one of the best puck-moving defensemen in the draft. Uh, he's not going to be on the Devils this year, I do not think. 
Uh, look for him possibly one to two years on the Jersey Devils. I think him and Will Butcher are going to be dynamic down the line, boy. And also, they have, remember, they have guys like Jeremy Davies in the uh, system as well, another great puck mover. Uh, Devils, you know, they're, they, we might hate them, but they're, they're, building, a- they're building the right way. They're doing a good job. And, you know, honestly, they have something right now that we don't, and that's a number one center in Nico Heischer, and they should be applauded for knowing that they had to have this rebuild. Uh, look for another, hopefully – uh, look for a healthy season out of Marcus Johansson for them because he was injured a lot last year. Um, if Marcus Johansson can be healthy, that's another good part of their top six. Like I said, we hate them, but you got to respect what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You got to respect what Ratio has been putting together on that side of the Hudson. And oh, he man. really built that team up after 2012 when they made that cup appearance against yeah, the Kings and lost. They really, for a bit. but yeah. now they got that that first overall. It was the first overall pick, yeah. and then just you know that that's how you rebuild a team with yeah. you know you got to lose a bit to win a bit. So. Yeah. You know, this is going to be a team a lot of people are going to sleep on. You know, maybe but, not as much when Taylor Hall's on the ice, but they're they're, they have a talented team. So, you know, you know, you always got to look for these, like, second, second, secondary scores like Brian Boyle, you know, uh, you know, Blake Coleman, guys yeah. like that that just you don't expect to score because you're spending so much time on Nico Kishier and Taylor oh. Hall. So, you know, they're, they're they the might, they can, they can, they can make a wild card spot again. I can see that. They're, they're they have oh, the same pieces. Tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a lot like more. The Panthers getting better. Seems like the Sabers who may sniff a playoff spot this yeah. year, maybe. But uh, you and know. the Flyers are always a, a toss up. Yeah, but the Flyers, we'll we'll get to we'll them. get to the, the Flyers. Flyers. We'll get we'll get to them. Next, we go right to our other arch rival, the New York Islanders. I don't know so. why it makes me so happy that they just did terrible in the offseason. Well, look. look, they got they got the guy we all pined after, Oliver Wallstrom, in the first round, which right. you know he wa- he wants to burn every team that passed yeah, him up, which it, the Rangers are in his sights. For those who don't know, Oliver Wallstrom was asked at the podium something about the New York Rangers during uh, during a press tour of the prospects with the Islanders, or uh, during a press conference, I mean to say, and he said, yeah, that was a mistake for them not picking me. So you know what? Oliver Wallstrom's already taken part in the rivalry, but I think we'll be just happy with Vitaly Kravtsov. One of the biggest transactions, not even player-wise, coach-wise, Barry Trotz, the the Stanley Cup winning coach went to the Islanders. A, a surprising move that no one thought was going to happen. The the the, ca- the Capitals were like they severed ties with him, and they went their separate ways. And now the Islanders picked him up, which is huge for them. But at the same time, you got to question some of these uh, these moves that they made. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how the Islanders do this year. Um, you know, they brought back Brock Nelson. They they got Leo Komarov. For a four-year deal, that the Terry Flippia, I can never pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, whatever. One-year contract. You know, they got Thomas Hickey locked him down for four more years. A lot of these guys, you know, a little questionable, a little older on the on the on the um, you know, kind of teetering towards you know the end of their career. But at the same time, the Islanders do have do have one of the best players in uh, Bartzell. Yeah. So he no lit joke. he lit up everybody. He especially lit up. The Rangers. So we'll see how it goes. Um, moving on, unless you have anything specific About to the say. the Islanders? I mean, the Islanders, look, everyone loves Matt Barzell. He had a great year. But remember something, everybody. John Tavares was their first line center. Matt Barzell is going to get a lot tougher matchups this year. He's going to get people zeroed in on him. They're not going to let him do what he did last year. Maybe expect the range of 60 to 70 points. I don't see 80, 85 yet. There's no way with the way people are going to play him this year. I just really, really don't see it. Um, but you know, Islanders fans, look, you ha- there's, they have a solid pipeline. Uh, you know, there's guys like Bellows and Dobson 
and Wallstrom. And look, there's a bright future there. It's just going to take a little while. Um, simple as that. Bodie Wild, if he pans out, but it's going to take a bit, Islanders fans. But I doubt any Islanders fans are even listening to this podcast. So yeah, no, I think they hate for all us Rangers fans out there. Let's just keep hoping that they're down in the dumps for a bit. Shall I don't we? want anybody to get <laughs> hurt. Let's yeah. just say their chemistry won't be the best. That's what I'm. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think so too. Moving on to the Flyers of Philadelphia. Oh, that's right. We skipped the Rangers. Well, well, don't worry. We have a preseason, yeah. you know, hopeful for this. Yeah. But we'll move on to our next arch rivals, the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers. They made no moves in the offseason. Yes, but I don't think zero. they first. Oh, no. Literally, no, they made. No, you're wrong. Who They, they made? made one of the biggest moves of the offseason to sign James Van Riemsdyk to come back to Philadelphia. He fills. Another spot in their That's lineup, right. a top six spot. Wayne Simmons, I think, who will now be bumped down to the third line. But think about that. Think about the depth that they have that Wayne Simmons now plays on their third line, most likely. Another year of growth out of Nolan Patrick. Sean Couturier, huge development last year. Claude Drew on the wing was a revelation. Guys like Jakob Voracek still producing at a high level. Hopefully that young defense takes the next step for those Flyers fans. Uh, the Flyers, are, I think they're a great team. But I personally think that this, I'm going to say right now, is my dark horse to win the Metropolitan Division right here. I think if they get a good momentum going behind oh, them, yeah. uh, you gotta, you gotta, you can't sleep on Shane Gosses here, the ghost of and Philadelphia. Ivan, Ivan Provorov. Ivan Provorov, too. That defense is solid. With it, them it's a very underrated defense, yeah. but you can't forget their last year's first-round pick, who was just dynamite for them. Nolan. Patrick, Patrick got passed up by the Devils, we but did. don't worry. Flyers picked him Flyers right up. Him up. He had like a bit of a slow start, but towards the end of the season, he really started to come on. Uh, I love their first-round pick this year, Joel Farabee from the USN TDP. Uh, working with Oliver Wallstrom and Jack Hughes on the USN TDP's top line. Great player, tenacious player. Going to be good for them on one of the wings for years to come. Uh, now, the, the biggest storyline at a Flyers camp, though, will 19-year-old Carter Hart from – the Everett Silvertips win the starting job in Philly. He is one of the highest rated goalie prospects in recent history. And for good reason, the guy shatters records in June. He sh- absolutely shattered them last year before he, um, training camp uh, or after training camp. I forget exactly when it was Ron Hextall told Carter Hart, go back to the juniors and shatter everything and dominate. And that's exactly what Carter Hart did. Carter Hart is under the assumption that he's going to be on this team opening night and he could very well do it if he has a strong preseason the kid has crazy pedigree the kid is absolutely talented and one of the best goalie prospects in the league so fly the flyers i think honestly that is my dark horse to win the division i think that the philadelphia flyers can make some noise i think that that addition of james van Riemsdyk was really good well it comes back uh, to the team yeah. that you know he had such success with and you know he's, he's gonna fit right back in yeah. just slot him right back with claude Giroux if he really wants to if you're having any, you know, any problems chemistry-wise. And going back to the, the goalie situation, Hart has two people in front of him, Brian Elliott and Michael Neuvert. Mm-hmm. Look, be a battle. They're, they're decent goalies, terrible goalies. No. But look, if the job is there, he can steal it, like you said. He's and 20 years old. He's 20 years old. Sorry. He's, yeah. he's 20 years old, so there's no rush. It, he doesn't have to do it, but he's very capable of doing it. And the Flyers have that that goalie behind them now if, if, if he makes if he makes it out of camp but you know we'll see the flyers like you said are a very underrated team again a lot of teams in the metropolitan are looking underrated because the capitals won the division and they won the stanley cup they did so we'll see because the like you know an important note to make about the philadelphia flyers to give people a reference to how good carter hart is 
In his first season with the Everett Silvertips, he played 30 games. He had a 2.29 GAA with a 9.15 save percentage. Pretty good for a rookie. And in the playoffs, posted a 9.29 save percentage. Second year, played 63 games. His GAA goes down to 2.14, goes, and his save percentage was up to .918. Incredible. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Still is a rock and a 9.29 in the playoffs. Third year with the Silvertips. 54 games played. He puts up a 1.99. It just keeps going down. Well, it's, it's, it looks like a pattern because yeah. you got to tell him what's next, Russell. And next is he gets up a 0.927 save percentage. But this is where this is where the numbers start to get ridiculous. In his last year with the Everett Silver Tips, which was the 2017-18 season, Carter Hart played 41 games. A little misleading. A little misleading, but he had a 1.6 goals against average, and he had a 9. Point, he had a 0.947 save percentage 95 percent of the shots he was saving and in the playoffs he saved another 0.921 against great teams absolutely ridiculous goaltending in 22 games mind you in 20 so they went deep in the playoffs so as much as i'm i'm i love you know patting the flyers on the back we do have two other teams to get to russell we do and always always a factor as of late with uh with the um, the Metropolitan Division is Sid the Kid Crosby, crybaby Crosby, my favorite guy to hate. I hate Sidney Crosby, and if anybody else knows me, they know for a fact that I hate him so much. But you can't hate how great he is. He's great. That whole team is just an offensive powerhouse. You can't you, – every year you're going to expect something from him, from Malkin, Phil Kessel, you know, Patrick Hornquist. You know, is Carl Hagelin still on the team? They have Derek Broussard. It's just a little bit of Rangers here and there, and then it's just the 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 Penguins are just un, look. They look unstoppable, but they got stopped for two years. They were they got stopped this year, and that's only because the Capitals wanted it more, right? They played the Capitals. I I am all they blurry are. on this. That's when the Capitals the Capitals destroyed the Demons. That's right because they yep. they every every postseason for some reason they meet and they were always better than the Pittsburgh Penguins. But this year it was different. The cat, Ovechkin needed that cup. He needed it badly, and he got it. So, big moves for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Anything, anything of note that you like? Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson joins the Pittsburgh Penguins after spending a good amount of his career in Los Angeles and Columbus. Uh, you know, look what look what happens in Pittsburgh. Somehow they are the defense whispers. Uh, guys like Trevor Daly go there and start doing really well. Guys like Jamie Alexiak, who was underused in Dallas and not used as well as he could have been in Dallas, does really well in Pittsburgh. Can Jack Johnson resurrect his career in Pittsburgh? I don't see why not. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's had moments of flashiness in his career, I think. But he's very consistent, or he was. So uh, we will definitely, definitely um, see what happened, uh, what happens during the course of the season. Um, you know, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins won two straight Stanley Cups. They're the ones that have done it since the Detroit Red Wings in the late 90s. They're a really good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go by this mantra of just have so much offensive firepower that the defense just simply has to get the puck up to the forwards, similar to what the Toronto Maple Leafs are hoping happening with them this season. Uh, not much to say about the Penguins. You know, they're going to do their thing. They're going to be a really good team. They could possibly win a division and maybe win another Stanley Cup. They're, they're really good. Their defense know? is still pretty solid, though. They, they have, like you said, Jack Johnson. Chris Letang is always a threat. You know, his health is a little bit of an issue. It's, it's been for a, l- a couple of years now, but – He's there. That and they have still have Ole Manta. They uh, who they have they have a good good defensive core there. But you know, like you said, if you just keep scoring goals and Matt Murray saves the occasional 
keeps out, you know, everything but three shots, mm-hmm. they can win games. And that, that's, that's been it. Unless they're facing someone with a goalie who doesn't want to lose, like, you know, Lundqvist or, you know, Corey Schneider yeah. or, you know, uh, why am I forgetting on anybody else? Braden Holpe. Yeah. So, like, look, they, they could just outscore their other opponents, and there's no doubt they're going to make the playoffs again this year. You know, unless oh, something terrible happens. Like, you know, we don't want anybody to get hurt, but, you know, things do happen. That's what happens in, in the NHL. It's a physical game. That's it. And to move on to our next team, the Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. Oh, boy. Ovechkin finally breaks the curse. The Capitals break the curse. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins and march all the way to a Stanley Cup. What is there to say about this team? They kept John Carlson against all odds with a big contract. They traded Brooks Orpik to circumvent the salary cap. Mm-hmm. Colorado bought him out, and then they signed him back at a cheaper rate. So they will, saved money, which will is... definitely be addressed in the next CBA, by yes. the way. But uh, it's legal. It happened, and that's what's going on. Uh, the Capitals, you know, honestly, look to see if Andre Burakovsky could take another step forward because he did really well in the playoffs. I think the biggest but thing will just be that consistency. Can they do it again? Not even that, just coaching void now. Yeah. Can so, Todd Reardon be, you know, a good coach like Barry Trotz was? Can they rally mm-hmm. around Todd Reardon and try to get their second consecutive Stanley Cup? I personally don't think they will get there, but if they do, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, we'll see what happens with the with the with the Capitals. They they like you said, they pretty much kept almost everybody. You know, they signed some guys. Michael contract. even came back. They yeah. signed him back, yeah. But, you know, whenever Ovechkin's on the ice, he's always a threat to score. They're always playoff bound. You know, we might see another thing. Like, you know, we we thought the Rangers are always going to be playoff bound, but something might happen to them next year. We never know. Easily you know, could. Brayton Hope, he can choke this year. Anything can happen. But, hey, they're, they're, they won. They're the best team. They were the best team in the league, with no doubt. There was no doubt. There was nothing. No one was stopping no them. No one was they stopping the Pittsburgh them. Penguins. They were that damn good. They really were. Ovechkin, um, God, Kuznetsov, they were just on fire. Uh, it was great to see Ovi finally lift that cup for himself. Honestly, no matter how you feel about the guy, you got to respect what he did. He finally got the monkey off his back, and they got that Stanley Cup. So I wouldn't be surprised if they could get back there or even win the division. But we're not giving our picks just yet because we have one last team to talk about, and that is our own New York Rangers. Oh boy. The biggest thing with the New York Rangers is that the rebuild continues. Uh well, it's so, really just starting. Yeah, now. it's starting, but you know, it continues on here. Uh they didn't they didn't make any splash in free agency as they shouldn't have. They haven't done any crazy trades over the summer, which they shouldn't have. I don't like I don't agree with these people who want to trade for Carlson and this and that. This is a rebuild. Stick with it. Uh I think this is the weakest team in the Metropolitan Division. I love our boys, but I think they are the weakest team in the Metro, even below the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, even below the Islanders, which hurts to say, but I just think that um, the top-end talent, we don't know if it's there. We haven't seen a full season out of Filipino, Leah Sanderson, Brett Howe, and Libor Hayek, these prospects we have. Mika Zibanejad seeming to top out as a 1A center. Kevin Hayes is seeming to top out as a 1B or in a, on a Stanley Cup contending team, maximum two best three center. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Gordon recently said that the Rangers want Filipino, Leah Sanderson, and Brett Howland to play center in the NHL, which means either Kevin Hayes or Mika Zibanejad will most likely move to the wing. It's I think that would be Kevin Hayes. It's going to be Kevin Hayes. Yeah. Uh, He's got to prove his worth this year because really of that one-year one contract. Year deal, and if someone like Heedle and Anderson, if they step up, or even Howden, I think they say bye-bye to Kevin Hayes at the trade deadline. I think Matt Zuccarello will be on the move at the trade deadline. I think this team continues to shift from the old regime to the new. Mm-hmm. I think picks will they will keep trying to roll in the picks. 
Keep trying to draft a lot of quality, quality prospects. Uh, the defense is in a whole other story. Who's going to be on this roster? Libor Hayek, Neil Pionk, John Gilmore, Ryan Lindgren. Will Brendan Smith make his return? Will mm-hmm. Mark Stahl even be on this roster? Or will they, you know, I doubt they're going to buy him out. Will they try no. to bury him? Who knows well, what they're going to do? You got to look at it this way because, like you said, it's, it's, it's a rebuild year. So it, it doesn't matter who's really starting. Everybody in the Rangers organization know that they're not be, they're not going to be competing this year. They're not going to win a lot of games because we especially we don't even know what Quinn's going to do. Also, I well continue and I will. Well, you have your own opinions yes. on that, but look, the Rangers we're going to see a lot of experimentation. We're going to see Hito on the wing. We're going to see Anderson on the wing. We, we might even like you said we're going to see Zabanajet on the wing. We're going to see players not playing in comfortable positions that they're used to because you want to see how far you could push these guys, especially if you're willing to keep these guys two seasons from now. So, you know, you know, we have Ryan Spooner to a two-year deal, right? Um, you have Vlad Domestikov to a three-year deal or a two-year deal? I think uh, you're giving me a head nod. I don't know which one's which. What do you mean? Is he signed to a three-year deal or is he signed to a two-year deal? Who Vlad Domestikov. Oh, two. They're all two. They're all two. So, look. They're all two. Obviously, the Rangers organization know that this is not going to be a quick process. They're they, all prove-it contracts. They, all the ones they're all prove-it contracts. Yeah. So, you know, Vlad Domestikov is going to show up his versatility. Ryan Spooner is going to show up his versatility. Kevin Hayes better show that he's valuable because even oh, if they gone. don't keep him, yeah. they better get something good for him. Yeah. So like you said about the defense, again, it's a prove it year. Let's see if John Gilmore and Neil Pion can really do it again. Let's see if Brady Shea wants to be that number one guy who he really needs to be now because Ryan McDonough's gone. He is yeah, that bona fide him and Shattenkirk because sure, yeah. Shattenkirk has to show that he's healthy and he can't hide these injuries. If he gets injured, he has to come out. Yeah. He, he thought he could deal with it, and it really hurt the Rangers' season last year. And you know what? It's just so much in flux. It's a roster that is so ever-changing. And, you know, they're not going to put their young kids in tough spots, but no veteran is safe. you got to prove your worth in a rebuild. You have to prove your worth keeping around for the eventual core that will build to a Stanley Cup contender. You may want to stay as much as you want, as in Matt Zuccarello's case, but it's, it's not, not guaranteed. And Look, as much as I love Zuccarello, everybody loves Zuc. Yeah, you, You've does. got, like... Everybody's got to think forward now. Yeah. If Zuccaro really wants to be on this team, he has to show that he's willing to give up minutes. And, you know, if we want to play he a little – He has to learn how to shoot more. That's yes. the problem. And if we want to play a little Nostradamus here, I'm going to give two places that Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccaro will be on at the end of the year. I think and I, I think Matt Zuccaro – I said this in my trade deadline article last I year. I think Matt Zuccaro is going to end up on the Winnipeg Jets. And this is why I think that. I think that Matt Zuccaro will be a great fit on Winnipeg. I think that in that top six, along with Patrick Lyonnais and Jack Roslovic and Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler and Nikolai Ehlers, I think you could plug him in somewhere in there, drop a guy maybe to the third line or something like that, or maybe even you put Zagro on your third line, have just a powerhouse third line for the Winnipeg Jets. I think he fits perfectly. They're in their cup window, and he could be a nice part piece for them to have in the Especially playoffs. Especially at the deadline. Oh, yeah. He's going to be the, a lot of people, you know – yeah. Had some controversy. They had some ideas on where some potential Rangers were going to go. We didn't even think that McDonough was going to go. No, we didn't. I honestly thought Zuguro was going to go before McDonough. I thought McDonough was going to get more value at the and, draft. And Kevin Hayes. And Kevin Hayes. Yeah. But look, uh, one of those, one of the places that I think Kevin Hayes would really fit in is the Calgary Flames. Really? Yeah. Um, look, they're an up and com- up and coming team. I said it when we covered them. I really like the Calgary Flames. I, I like too. their offense. I'm their defense is solid. If it's Mike Smith in the goal, if he wants to show that he can be Mike Smith again, Mike Smith of old, that he will show that he ha- he's the dominant goalie he wants to be. And like you said, third-line wingers, they, they need to be gritty. Hayes can play defense. 
he can score when he needs to. He has the size and he has a certain speed. But he's not he's not suited he's to be not, a top line guy. Exactly. He can't have that pressure. Yeah. Now you trade him to the third the third wing, you know, put him down a little bit this season, see if he has any value there of just worrying about a little bit of defense and then moving in on the rush. And uh, maybe he'll get some power play time, but I really see Kevin Hayes on a penalty kill. I see him on the third line, and I don't see him at center this year. I agree with you. I think Kevin Hayes is going to see a lot of time on the wing with who the Rangers have in their system, and I think they're going to showcase him for teams that need help on the wing. Yeah, which so, could be a lot of teams come, come this deadline. Yeah, and now we're going to give our bottom of the division, top of the division. My winner of the Metropolitan Division this year, I said it before as my dark horse, but you know what? I'm going to go all out and say I think they can put together the most complete season out of any team in the Metro. I think that's Philadelphia Flyers. I think the Philadelphia Flyers, if Carter Hart starts, starts out hot, kind of a la Steve Mason when he was a rookie and won the Calder Trophy. Um, and then you have your high-powered offense, now adding James Van Riemsdyk back into the mix. And you have that young defense core, another year of experience. That's just getting older and just getting wiser. I and think hitting I think the their strides. Exactly. I think the Philadelphia Flyers could. And then, oh, someone we didn't mention, he's on the IR right now. Yeah, but he can always but make he an can always come back. When young, he... They have good young kids that I think could possibly replace him in the lineup. But I do think the Philadelphia Flyers will ultimately, I think they can take the division crown. Not to say the Pittsburgh Penguins or Washington Capitals can't, but I think they are really complete. I think they're a good team. I think we're going to start seeing the Flyers starting to come out of that. Re- like, I think the rebuild was over, and now I think it's the ascension. Yes. For the Philadelphia they're going to come back yes. to their former glory of, yes. of when they can make the Stanley Cup again. Yes. I think you're yep. absolutely right. They have young pieces. A lot of these teams we're talking about in the Metropolitan Division yeah. are very, very young. Yeah. And, and my pick, my dark horse, and then I'll give you my yeah. obvious pick, my yeah. dark horse, New Jersey Devils. Yeah. I really think that they have the tools to do it. I think that people are going to sleep on them because of the Capitals, because of the Penguins, and even because of the Flyers. And they're just going to they're gonna win those battles against the Islanders, the Columbus Blue Jackets, especially the Rangers. And they might split a couple with the rest of those three guys. But they're going to come out on top. They're going to win those gritty battles that they're going to have to win. Taylor Hall is going to show why he won the Hart Trophy last year. Nico Kishu is going to just be dominant, a dominant center for them. Um, the only thing is that they, their defense needs to get a little bit better. Corey Schneider has shown that he's a he fantastic goalie. He can handle load too. As long as he stays off the injured reserve, I think the Devils have a good chance at winning the division. But my obvious pick, I think it's going to be Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. I think I think they just are just too gone on offense. You know, Matt Murray is going to come back with fire, with passion that, you know, he needs to win it. He needs to be a better goalie than he was last year. And as much as the Capitals are dominant, they're just not going to be the same. They lost their, they lost Barry Trotz, and I think that's a lot bigger than people want to mention because he's been there for so long, and everybody's used Respect to that system. Him, and him. now you have to make a full, like a full 180 on, on. Although Todd Reardon was in his system, he was in the system, and I just, you know, maybe he might not be able to fulfill what yeah. fulfill those shoes as quickly as everybody thinks he might be able to. Bottom of the division for me, I said it. It's going to be the New York Rangers, and I think that's ultimately what needs to happen here. Honestly, Ranger fans, I know we love Henrik Lundqvist. We love when he steals games. We love when these kinds of things happen. It makes for great games. But if Henrik Lundqvist steals too many games. Like he did it towards the end of the year. This is the problem that we face now. We have a goalie that is in win-now mode with a team that is not. This is also the problem the Canadians are facing with with, uh, Carey Price. You have a high-priced goalie who isn't accepting a rebuild or isn't ready for that. 
If Henrik Lundqvist steals too many games for us, well, that is doing for us at this point in time is stealing ping pong balls. Okay? I know it sucks to say it that way, but it's true. You don't want to go into this year. I think the worst possible scenario for this team is sneaking into the playoffs. I, I would really hate that. If that happens, which some people I've seen really want that to happen, that sets You're us foolish. back a wall. You're foolish. As, that sets us back. As good as the prospects the Rangers have, they just don't have enough. Look, Vit- Vitaly Kravtsov could be an amazing goal scorer. But everyone out there has to remember, don't have the elite of the elite. Have a Rasmus Dahlin. We don't have a Connor McDavid. We don't have a guy like that. We don't have an Austin Matthews or a Mark Shifley. We don't have these kinds of elite, elite that you plug the guy in and you're like, okay, bam, he's going to go out there and dominate the game. We don't have that. And you know how you get that? You're bad for a little while. The Devils, the Flyers. Now, look, the top of the 2019 entry draft, for those who don't know, features a bunch of high-end talent. Jack Hughes, Capocacco, Alex Newhook, Dylan Cousins, uh, a lot, you know, Kirby Datch, a lot of good guys. But if I'm the New York Rangers, man, you finish eighth in the Metro, you get the highest chance of ping pong balls, you take that. So you can take Jack Hughes or your choice of Jack Hughes or Capocacco in the next draft. Both of them. Think of this as, again, Austin Matthews, Patrick Line, a kind of debate. I think one hot take that I was thinking about earlier today, and especially if the Rangers are good full tank mode, they're, they're last in the division, they're really showing that they could be the Buffalo Sabres of last year. We're going to see some deadline deals that we're not expected to see. And one of them might be Mika Zibanejad. And I really am confident that really? if they – trade Mika Zibanejad, that means they are fully on this rebuild 100%. I, don't I still that, have doubt. I have doubt. I think they're on 75%. They might be on a little 80%, but they still have a little bit of hope in the back that they can still sell tickets. Because playoffs sell tickets. I, as, as, as silly as that sounds. No, as you're, as that you're sounds, absolutely right. You know, revenue, like they, they were the highest. The Forbes named them the, the most valuable team in the NHL at a, about a billion dollars or something yeah. like that. Not as much as they anything want, else, but... Yeah. You know, Ultimately, they want to make the bus, but this is year they should not make. Yes. Yeah. So I could you, I could see a deal with Mika Zibanejad. I could see a deal with, you know, with uh, Matt Sucaro, and you know maybe Henrik Lundqvist just decides like, hey, look, I don't want to be here anymore. As much as he loves New York, and hey, there might even be the oppor- the, the point where he just retires. He he might suffer an injury. He's old. He can't be the player that he used to be anymore. Now, don't get us wrong. We don't wish this upon him. No, Lundqvist. we're not. I'm not wishing yeah. this on but him. Henrik Lundqvist could easily decide midway through the year he doesn't want to do this. And in that case, Jeff Gordon will do everything he can to find a trade partner. But like I said, so I'm guessing you think the Rangers will finish left as well. Of course. I, it's, it's, honestly, it's either them or if the Islanders have a meltdown. Yes. But, but ultimately, honestly, Ranger fans. I love them. I love this team of death. I will bleed blue until the day I die. There's got to be one season. But there needs to be a season where we're bad. This is how you win in the league now. Now you can say, oh, no, it's not. Look at Vegas, blah, 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 blah. Look what they did with all these kinds of players just with heart. I mean, yeah, but Vegas had some good players, and they got, they got fired. That does not happen. That is the anomaly, okay? Look at Los Angeles. Look at Chicago. Look at Pittsburgh. Look at um, Toronto. Look at any of these big teams. They were bad. And then they got guys like Kane and Taves and Crosby and Malkin and Matthews. 
And the list goes on. You need to have the elite, elite talent to build the team around. And you, it can't be your goaltender anymore in this league. That's not how the league is run anymore. It's just not. So, look, I get it. We don't want to see our boys be bad. But this is the year you let the kids play, you let them get experience, and you get the most ping pong balls for your chance at Jack Hughes or Capocaco. Simple as that. It, it, it Honestly, it, it really, really is. So, with that, this week... Training camp opens, the Traverse City term will reach its end, and the Rangers' first preseason game is Monday. Came a lot quicker than I thought it was going it to. It definitely did. But... 17th is the first preseason game, and that game is against, hang on, people, let me get it for you, none other than the New Jersey Devils at The Rock on September 17th, where we will trot out our first lineup under head coach David Quinn. I'd be very excited to see the system. Oh yeah! Look, it's gonna it's gonna be a little rough. No more giant passes that don't work half the time. Puck possession, puck possession, puck possession. Do stuff with the puck. Don't just chuck it up the ice. I it worked for a while, but then teams figured out and doesn't work. Puck possession. They they were reading the passes. You can't you can't exactly. Look, David Quinn. I I'm excited to see your system. Well, it's not gonna work right away. It's, it's just not. It's, it's going to be rough it's in the beginning be of the season. It really is. I really think a lot of people don't realize. But remember, even when A.B. came, when he first came here with that really good team that went all the way to the 14 final. They had a bad beginning of the season. So, guys, thanks for listening this week. Yes, thank We'll be you. back next week in the midst of the preseason as we get everyone ready for uh, the end of the preseason and the push of the regular season. And uh, maybe some more hot takes. For, yeah, uh, who's really going to make the team out of training camp? Yeah. Last time before, I don't know if I'm going to join you next time, so let's get these hot takes one more time. <laughs> Who do you think is going to make the team out of training camp? Oh, we're going to do this again. But one more time. Personally, I think out of camp, I think Heedle Anderson are locks to make the team. That's obvious. No, no. Dark you want course. a hot take? It's a hot take. I said hot. Okay. Atlantic. I think Brett Howden makes the team. Brett Howden. That's I think Bre- exactly I think Bre- my pick. I think Brett Howden makes the team, and I also think – I think Libor Hayek makes the team. That might be – he might make the team out of the AHL. I you see that. I just think there's a logjam at defense right now. To make the team right now is Ryan Lindgren, but I don't know how good he's done in Traverse City. But based on what the kid has done in college, he'd be a nice presence with his physical presence on the team. But if you're looking for four rookies to start in the opening night roster, Leah Sanderson, Philip Heedle, Libor Hayek, and Brett Howden. Also, don't count out Billy Meskinen or Michael Lindquist because they've looked good at Traverse City. They've scored in men's leagues with Meskinen scoring 24 and Lindquist scoring 20. Last season, there's a reason Jeff Gordon signed them. And in a recent interview, Jeff Gordon has said that he thinks Anderson, Heedle, Meskinen, and Lindquist are his four that he thinks could break into the opening night roster, which means there's going to be some guys making the AHL that aren't going to be too happy. But this is why you have competitions. This is why camp is needed. Camp People is need to fight very, for their job. Very exciting this year. Oh, I've yeah. not been excited for camp in a long time because the, the roster has been locked. Now, think about it here. If you have an open night roster with Heedle, Anderson, Hayek, Lindquist and Meskin, you have five rookies on your opening night roster. That's, that's a young want. team, but that's, that's what, what you, you want, want to rebuild. Remember, young team, experience, maybe not enough wins, but more ping pong balls. And like I've been saying, Jack Hughes or Capo Caco. I like Jack Hughes personally. That's a debate for another time. But <laughs> hey, yes, hey, they're hey, both hey, very I... good. They're both very good. Both me that's probably... why I said Trinica's a bad <laughs> Thanks for listening this week, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. And as always, let's go Rangers.
And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only all-Raiders show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. A-list guests like players and coaches, and the best Raiders talk in the land. Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby.